The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional. No one can serve two masters. He will either hate the one and love the other, or be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you shall eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds in the sky. They do not sow or reap. They gather nothing into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are not you more important than they? Can any of you by worrying add a single moment to your lifespan? Why are you anxious about clothes? Learn from the way the wildflowers grow. They do not work or spin, but I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was clothed like one of them. If God so clothes the grass of the field, which grows today and is thrown into the oven tomorrow, will he not much more provide for you, O oh, you of little faith? So do not worry and say, What are we to eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what are we to wear? All these things the pagans seek. Your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be given you besides. Do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. Sufficient for a day is its own evil. This is Medjinomics with a friend of Medjugorje. We put our flag up yesterday in the field, not half staff, but full staff. The early Christians couldn't change the culture by going along with it. They resisted. Resistance is very important today because they asked for us to do that. November 2nd, 2012. I am praying that you may discern everything around you according to God's truth and to strongly resist everything that wants to distance you from my son. Do you think 2,000 years ago that the early Christians complied with everything because the Bible talks about all authorities from God which is a truth but they were given a new way to respect authority and how to change authority which encompasses resistance we got the whole world of Christianity with very little resistance in their hearts 
of many things that distances yourselves from God. You may think, well, if I resist, it's going to cause me difficulties. It's going to cause sufferings. That's exactly what happened to early Christians. Because that will happen. On October 12th, 1981, in regard to Father Yozo, who's in prison, Our Lady says he is experiencing difficulties, but he will resist because he knows why he is suffering. If you resist, you will be ridiculed, you'll be persecuted, you'll be rejected, you'll be defamed, you'll be slandered, called a liar, a stealer, every vile thing out there, and made up things that are not even true about you, according to the level of the temperature of your resistance. And I tell you, if you go 100% in what I said, February 25th, 1988, sacrifice your life for the salvation of the world, you will suffer those things. In regard to Yozo, quote, but he will resist. That's what you're supposed to live, to be an apostle. And that's why our flag is at the top of the flagpole. We want to be on record to resist what has distanced us from God. How do you do that? That's what our says. You must discern everything around you. We have a high level of poor discernment through Christendom. When Our Lady told me on October 6, 86, through Maria, to witness with your life means to take action first in your heart, first in your soul, and how you live, and manifest that into your life as a sign. That flag in the field yesterday is who we are, and is who you are supposed to be. Supreme Court Justice Ginsburg lived a life constantly of resistance. There's a legitimate resistance, and there's an illegitimate resistance. A proper discernment will show you which is holy resistance and what is unholy resistance. And our whole life represents that. And everybody's given accolades of how she was a pioneer and how great she was. Even the religious sides were saying she opened the doors for the women and doing this and that. She was to be respected. This is nauseating to me. And it should be to you, because our whole reign on the Supreme Court and before the Supreme Court was every step to distance away from God. She was a resistor, and this is not what we're supposed to do. She changed the culture, actually worldwide, because the things she pioneered went to other countries and spread. And we're supposed to respect her life. You will hear Ruth Bader Ginsburg in her own words of what her life was about. Justice Ginsburg, thanks very much for taking the time to sit down with us today. You've been working on issues of women's rights, gender equality for your whole career. As you look back, what have you accomplished over the course of your career? I haven't accomplished anything alone, but I was fortunate to be part of a, of a revived feminist movement starting in the late 60s. In the beginning of the 70s, it was what I called the closed door era. 
There were so many things that w women couldn't do. There was the familiar stereotype that the woman was the center of home and family life, and the man was the representative of the family outside the home. But what it says to the woman is you really are not needed in our system of justice. That effort to change all of the state laws that either exempted women. There's still a relatively small number of women in power, positions of power. Why is it taking so long? It's, the pace is slow, but it's moving in the right direction. And we have seen women heads of state in Israel, in India, and that doesn't necessarily mean that the rest of society will progress along the same lines. I think one thing make a difference, probably if there is a woman president, she will have many women in positions of importance. Is it fair to say that you spend much of your time here fighting to preserve the gains that you've been talking about? For many years of my life, 17 years, I was a teacher. I was a law school teacher. And that's how I regard my role here uh, with my colleagues who haven't had the experience of growing up female and don't fully appreciate the arbitrary barriers that have been put in, in women's way. So many abortion restrictions being enacted across the country. Should American women be concerned that this court is going to let their fundamental right to have access to abortion services be taken away? Women should be concerned because abortion restrictions in practical effect target poor women and poor women only. Many states will never go back to old ways. And what that means is no matter how restrictive a particular state law is, if the woman has the means to go to a neighboring state and afford the cost of the procedure, she's safe. And she, she and her daughters will always have the choice. As of right now, in some places in Alabama, uh, same couples can get married and in other places can't. Are you concerned <clears throat> that if this court this year were to say that uh, there is a constitutional right for same couples to marry, that there are parts of the country that would not be able to accept or would not accept that decision? I think it's doubtful that it wouldn't be accepted. The change in people's attitudes on that issue has been enormous. When I was young, people who were did not say who they were. They would disguise what they were. But in recent years, people have said, this is the way I am. Others looked around, and we discovered it's our next-door neighbor. We're very fond of them. Or it's our child's best friend, or even our child. I think that as more and more people came out and said, this is who I am, and the rest of us recognized that 
they, they are one of us. That there was a familiarity with people. So I think it, it would not take it would not take a large adjustment. People ask me sometimes, when do you think it will be enough? When will it? Will there be enough women on the court? And my answer is, when there are nine. November 2nd, 2012 again. And he says, I am praying. She's praying. What is she praying for? That you may discern, she says, everything around you according to God's truth. And to strongly, S-T-R-O-N-G-L-Y, strongly resist. This is a command from Our Lady. It's in her words. Strongly resist everything that wants to distance you from my son. You just heard a whole montage of everything that this woman did was bringing things and going away from God and changing the law of God to the law of evil. August 2nd, 1984, he says, Thank you for having resisted the temptation of Satan. You think it's because law, you got to respect that and go with it? And we need to lobby our congressmen or senators to change the laws? No, it's time we defy, we resist at whatever price it costs us. This mission has been running for 35 years, influencing people all over the world, contradicting many things that is law which is illicit because it's man's law and it contradicts the commandments. In the book of James, I think it is, it says if you break one commandment, you break them all. So we're all guilty of breaking the commandments. But when we get confessed and we're guilty and we know we're guilty of it, we're recognizing the Ten Commandments. And then we have to repent. Ginsburg is against God's law and changes it and all her rulings. But what they say about her, there's many writings out there just giving her all these accolades. There's Elizabeth Meyer who writes about her, saltproject.org, which is interesting because our ladies told us to be salt of the world. They take the biblical verbiage to legitimize what they do. Ginsburg, the same thing with the Bible. Elizabeth explains how Ginsburg was so heartbroken when her mother died because they wouldn't let her pray and mourn for her mother. When her mother died, Ginsburg was about to graduate from high school. And in quote, Elizabeth writes, In keeping with Jewish customs of those days, only men could be counted as part of a minyan or quorum. So Ruth wasn't allowed to pray with the mourners prayer for her mother. Ruth was both heartbroken and outraged. And as a result felt alienated from the synagogue membership for much of the rest of her life. Elizabeth continues, says, quote, The Bible, however, remained a lifelong touchstone of insights and inspiration. See, it's showing that she was with the Bible. Well, the devil quoted the Bible to Jesus. What did she take out of the Bible? The valor of women, those who resisted, And Elizabeth Wright says, Ruth drank deeply from these stories. 
So this writing justifies Ruth was hurt and she was wronged of not being able to mourn with her mother. But let's go back to our lady's messages. Lying voices. Why is it lying voices here with this? Because the Jewish custom put ten men together who would pray representing the community of Israel mourning with the family. She was not ostracized from anything. She was going against God's authority. This goes back to Judaism 2,000 years ago. So this is used as a justification that she was so heartbroken something was taken from her. If a priest is at the funeral doing the Mass and you're there in the pew and they're on the altar and you're a Ginsburg woman, why can't I up there for my mother be out there doing the Mass? There was no offense there. It was only resist there for something totally illegitimate. So Elizabeth Meyer shows Ginsburg is justified because she was so hurt at a tender moment when her mother died. And it's not accurate because, again, those 10 people just represent the community of Israel surrounding her family and all the mourning in it. But what was in Ginsburg's heart was a break with the past and the search for new forms of expression. Should you resist that? Should we be against Ginsburg because she wants to break with the past? Actually, they reformed this and stopped it. So they broke from the past. What does the lady say about breaking from the past and looking for new forms of expression? She says this, March 25th, 2015. Fight against temptations and all evil plans which the devil offers you through modernism. Hold that word up. Meditate on that word. And open your dictionary. Let's look at the definition. Modernism means a break with the past and the search for new forms of expression. That is the legacy of Ginsburg. Everything, every ruling, everything she voted for, everything she dissented was resistance and change the direction of our nation. Yes, there were other ones on the Supreme Court, but nobody was radical. And that's what even the Christian is saying. She's an icon, somebody to look up to. And Christians are paying her respect. For what? A life of evil rulings that distance you from my son. Because everybody dies. Did everybody mourn from Herod when he died? But did the apostles who had a close friend, Judas, mourn for him? Yes, we hope everybody makes it to heaven, even your worst enemy. And as Christian, our duty is hope and pray that she repented before she died. We don't know where she is because that judgment is in God's hands. Many Jewish people are writing about her that she was a good Jew. Really? A good Jew keeps the Ten Commandments. It was given to the Jewish people. They preserved it. So what does it mean you break one commandment, you break them all? Take the Eighth Commandment from the Jews, Exodus 20.13. You shall not steal. Well, she wasn't a thief. She wasn't going to Walmart stealing things off. No, she didn't. So how did she break you should not steal? She stole 40 million 
lives from babies. That's stealing. Because the sixth commandment, Exodus twenty thirteenth of the Jews, you shall not murder. So if you vote and propagate and defend and do everything, and even when you're for partial abortion, where you rip out pieces of the baby out while it's alive, at the moment it's going to be born, it's beyond murder. It's sadistic. Forty million babies' lives were stolen by repeated rulings that propagated abortion that this woman, Ginsburg, was upset when partial birth abortion was banned by the Supreme Court. She dissented. Talking about the sadistic. Talking about evil. Love your neighbor. That baby in that womb is a neighbor. I am the God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, that place of slavery. You should love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, and all your strength. Can you look at her life and say that's what she's done? It's not just abortion. It wasn't even legal. And she brought two people into the Supreme Court because there was going to be a ruling because she wanted to be walking a path to be known for greatness of evil that she described as a correction of what God has laid out. That you're wrong, God. And when they were about on the Supreme Court to vote the passage of illicit abominable unions, she brought two people into her chambers in the Supreme Court and officiated an illicit union. She didn't want to wait the next week to it. She wanted on record, look what I'm famous for. And you're giving accolades for her? And you don't resist that? You're not teaching the youth this? You're not telling your neighbor these things? There is no merit for the flag of the United States of America to be half-masked for her. Yes, the decorum, the U.S. Supreme Court justices, when they die, that it goes half-staff. And you know what's also allowed? For them to be able to be buried in Arlington Cemetery. We have everybody on both sides saying, oh, for her service. It was no service. It's a privilege to be appointed on the Supreme Court. It's not service. Service requires labor, difficulties, sacrificing your life. She didn't do that. This is an honorable thing. This is like being appointed to the king. You're making laws. People on both sides can say, well, she did service. Really? Go out there and pick anybody in the United States of America and say, hey, we're going to put you on the Supreme Court. They're going to say, yeah, that'll be, I'll do that. This isn't service like a military man who goes his life and, and sweat and gets mangled or whatever. This is our honor being given to somebody to be in that position. But yet the argument would say, well, it's her service. Really? The Jewish commandment says, honor your father and your mother. The commandment doesn't say, honor your father and your father, or honor your mother and your mother. She changed the commandment. God could have even just said, just honor your father, meaning the mother too. No, the commandment says, honor your father and your mother. 
That's what marriage is about. Ephesians 6 says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. That's the family. That's where it starts. It's between those two that children come from. But she rules that's not the case. When the Supreme Court finally did vote approving this abomination, Ginsburg was questioned through this abomination there could be no procreation. With his master intellect, the devil always has an answer. And Ginsburg responds to the question, should we cling to marriage the way it once was regarding about procreation? And she says, in defense of her position, that's like asking whether a 70-year-old husband and wife would be able to be married when they clearly could not procreate either. Do you see the answer the devil gives? A 70-year-old man and woman getting married is equal to what she's for and she voted for in a 5-4 to four ruling. That's a break with the past and a search for a new form of expression. The last time God chastised the world over that was Sodom. And before that was Noah and the flood. So what's going to happen in our time in this modern time? That's why he's here. That's why three secrets are coming. Things are going to change. Because the path we're on, the new laws under modernism, is a breaking away from God. Our lady said, 1984-85, It is necessary to respect the commandments of God and following one's conscience. Ginsburg had the Bible. She put her hand on it, taking the oath, meaning what this book says, I will live. Our Lady continues in the same message. Salvation is available to everyone without exceptions, even Ginsburg. It's available to her. But then Our Lady says, after salvation is available to everyone without exception, Our Lady adds to that, only those who refuse God deliberately are condemned. And we stop at that point. Because we still don't judge it, because our lady continues saying, It is God alone in his infinite justice who determines the degree of responsibility and pronounces judgment. And I reserve that to God. Maybe she's in the lowest part of purgatory. I don't know. I'm not interested in that. The point we make is our lady says to resist this thinking, the breaking of the law, the breaking from the past. And these new forms, modernism, reject it, resist, put your flag up, because now we got an open seat, and we want our flag high on the pole, full staff, that we put somebody godly on there who's going to respect the commandments, who's going to change things back through us rejecting sin, because we're all sinners, and salvation is available to us, and that's why we repent. And that's what he's here for, to show us to grow in holiness, to pray, to fast. And God will conquer. We've been conquered for this whole reign of Ginsburg with the help of some other people in the Supreme Court. But my main point is we have to resist praising in a way that we're apologizing by saying things like, Christians are putting out statements I didn't agree with her, but she was an icon. She was really something. She was brave. We're not to say those things. 
That makes me sick when I hear it. Not what the darkness is saying. We know who they are. They're trying to conquer us. And we think we got to be pleasant. Well, somebody died. Everybody's going to die. She should live the full life. Plenty of opportunity to serve God. And you don't have to say anything good. You don't have to qualify to say a negative to make a positive. My positive statement is I'm not judging her. Because that would be in sin. That's God's domain. But us, as witnesses, as Christians, who are called to conquer the world, we expose evil. We expose lying voices. And we don't apologize for that. Why? To live the fullness of Christianity is to offend. If you're not offending, you're not following Jesus. He offended every time he talked and did a parable. Wherever he went, he offended some of the people. They either became angry or they became convicted. We're not convicting nobody. We need to resist, strongly resist, to the point of offending. And the offended will either go towards you or more against you. And that's what LA is here, is to separate the sheep from the goats. On a minor way, reflecting when Jesus comes back, he is going to be judging the goats and the sheep for their eternal destiny. We're not offending for the sake of offending. That's not the purpose. The purpose is to offend, to conquer the devil who dominates so many people. November 16th, 1981, the devil is trying to conquer us. September 2nd, 1981. The devil tries to reign over the people. He takes everything in his hands, but the force of God is more powerful. We're talking about force. We're talking about powerful. How's that? You tell the truth. You convict. And it will offend. And it forces a decision in the people. But the force of God is more powerful, and God will conquer. We don't have to conquer. We have to resist. God will conquer the souls. So all you people out there who are in the middle or don't know what to say or what to think and listening to all many stupid Christians out there, well, I got to say something nice because she died. Everybody's going to die. To apologize by saying something positive is not resisting. Tell the truth. Do we go back to people's sins to their life? No, that's wrong too. That's slanderous. That's God's problem. We're talking about somebody who mandated a path of what Noah and the flood was about and why God destroyed the world. And raised here to her three secrets to change it. March 25th, 2015. Be strong in prayer and with the cross in your hands, pray that evil may not use you and not conquer you. You know what happened to Ginsburg? There was a cross on public lands that had been there for like 70 years, I think. I don't know the amount of time. Ruled on this cross to be removed, while seven of the justices ordered that it stays there. The ruling was seven to two. Sotomayor and Ginsburg. In an article titled The Death of Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg and the Future of the Supreme Court, 
It states, Ginsburg was committed to a worldview that viewed established structures of morality as oppressive and patriarchal, structures that needed to be dismantled. This is everything. So let's go back to the excuse that what put Ginsburg on the path that she was hurt and heartbroken and outraged where she decided to be anti-patriarchal and to walk in a path, things that she saw in the Bible, where women were defiant. For the Jewish tradition of the minion and the quorum, she began insurrection of the past. And that incident is written in another article of teenvogue.com about stories about Ginsburg. It was a vote by the Supreme Court on the 2000 presidential election between Bush and Al Gore. And the courts voted that Bush was the president. And the article says, Ginsburg dissenting opinion made it clear that she disagreed with the court's favor of Bush. She famously wrote in her opinion, I dissent. The quote continues, the phrase was somewhat harsh, departure from the court's decorum. Did you catch that word? In which dissenting justices usually note that they're using the term respectfully. And in other words, she was so radical, she didn't want Bush to be president. And when she says, I dissent, she showed, I am disgusted with this. Because normally the decorum is, I respectfully dissent. That tells you a lot about her personality, about her heart, about everything she's thinking. She purposely shows, I reject this. I vomit this out of my mouth. She broke decorum, just like she did when she was in high school at the funeral. She was outraged at the minion and the quorum. So her dissenting purposely dropped the word respectfully, which shows what everybody says she was so nice. She broke with the past for a new search forms of her expression, showing her disgust and her outrage. And it's not because she was damaged as a teenager, because she didn't pray. She's a non-believer. Ginsburg was a resistor, a resistor of God's laws, and made laws against God's law. She not only resisted the Ten Commandments, she rejected the Ten Commandments. And thereby, she rejected God. And you people out there at work, at the schools teaching, or talking to your children or your neighbor, passively accept all these things being said without your resistance. Convicts nobody. And we continue on the path of the same. And what would that be? February 2nd, 2011. Our Lady said, Wandering in darkness, you even imagine God himself according to yourselves and not such as he really is in his love. Proper prayer comes from the depth of your hearts, from your sufferings, from your joy, from your seeking the forgiveness of sins. This is the way to come to know the right God. And we all sin. 
We all need the Redeemer. But one thing we're not is a denier. We need God. We need God's love. We need all these messages. Without it, there's no way to resist. Our lady says, pray, pray, pray. I'll leave you with these words. Resist, resist, resist. Otherwise, we'll never convict anybody. We'll never change a culture. We will break from the past into modernism and more degradation. We wish you a lady. We love you. Good night. The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional. This ends the Medjinomics broadcast with a friend of Medjugorje. These broadcasts are available as CDs, which are sent directly to your doorstep on a monthly subscription. For information, contact Caritas in the U.S. at 205-672-2000.